Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as a physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope that they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 14 of season 3 of This Osteopathic Life. Today, we're talking about control. A word that brings up all kinds of responses, reactions, feelings, opinions, connotations. I'm curious, as you hear that word, what comes up for you? We're going to explore a number of definitions, relationships to the word, and opportunities that we have to expand our experience of control, our relationship with control, and to see the ways in which it can be useful for us. When I first think about control, I think about get control of yourself as a phrase I might say more often than I would like as a parent. And thinking about what that means, what is it like to have control over oneself? What is the goal in that? In the parenting phrase, what are we aiming for? What are we recommending? How is it that we are engaging or encouraging our children. I think about self-control and seeing what that means, what it feels like, the times when we are in control of ourselves, we feel competent in that space, the times when we are not, and the insecurity, the challenges that arise around that. I think about control of or over. Someone is in control and how that might look. And I think about some iterations of the word, controlling, controller. Automatically right then, I think about video games and how you are holding this controller so that you can be in charge of what's happening on the screen in front of you. Let's dive in to some of the iterations of definitions and see what emerges there. We can look at control as both a noun and a verb, and we'll start in the noun space. So the first states the power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. And looking in there, seeing that word power come up in a description of control. How does that feel when we think about power? And we've had a few episodes of the podcast where we really talked specifically about power and what that looks like, how it feels, how we utilize it. We've referenced some of the work of the Dare to Lead podcast in looking at how we wield power. Is it power over? Is it power with? Is it power for? Is it power to? And just seeing that, how it emerges in there. The power to influence or direct people's behavior or the course of events. And interesting because we talk so much about the lack of capacity to control anyone else's thoughts, feelings, actions, or results directly. But here we're seeing that. And it puts out there this idea that we can control others around us. Now, if we think about the control factor relative to not another human or being, perhaps there's space in there. 
controlling, like I said, that video game space or a project? What things can we control? And where do we exert that power effectively? Remembering that the greatest space we have is that self-control capacity. And that's where the power goes up. When we take responsibility for the things we can actually control, which is the way we think, feel, and act in the world, we actually gain power. When we do attempt to wield that power over others, now again, some asterisks here as I look at some of the samples, the examples of uh, under the definition is the ability to manage a machine, vehicle, or other moving object, right? controlling our car or that video game, the restriction of an activity, tendency, or phenomenon. They talk about pest control. And we can look at control of the spaces around us. So I'm glancing out at my backyard, which has become a plethora of gardens in a very lovely way. Many amazing salads are already growing. Many vegetables have been planted. There are flowers and fruit trees. And so we are controlling what we can in so much as we are creating garden beds, putting different soil, watering, putting frames, trellises, guardrails around certain plants to protect them from critters and also give them space to grow vertically. We can water them and feed them and keep our own animals away from them. So those are all the factors we can control. How they grow does depend on some factors that we cannot. The amount of sunshine we will get, the amount of rain that will fall, the humidity in the air, the pests that are there. And again, we could decide how much control we want to exert, looking at the boundaries around that, whether we're willing to utilize chemicals, which we are not. And so looking at the natural ways we can exert control in that environment. So there are a lot of variables over which we have power and some that we do not. And it's being willing to notice where that is and how we embrace the situation. Because if we wanted to control everything and we had very specific expectations of how we wanted things to grow and they didn't come to fruition, that's a big opening for frustration. And for us, that would be challenging and disappointing for others for whom the planting is their livelihood. I think about some of the amazing farmers up in this region and down where we used to live in kind of Midwest part of Michigan. That can be a big deal. And so you work on mitigating more of the factors, finding ways you can control other elements, creating greenhouses, utilizing different practices of farming so that there are fewer variables that are outside the realm of your control. And you get to decide right, how much time and space you're willing to invest in that. I'm using gardening as an example, but you can expand that out into any area of your life. So if the result is crucial, right? There are very specific components that must happen in order to feed your family, create your livelihood, maintain your business, contribute to the global good, then finding ways you can have influence over other factors that you can have control over certain variables, the better. And you find that space, that balance between the time and energy you can invest and the output. So for us, there is a fair amount of time, energy, materials invested in this process, but I would say the ultimate goal, outcome result is not as crucial, right? We are fueling our family with this food, but it is not the primary dependency of our livelihood or sustainability. So we are willing to not have control over some of those 
variables over the lack of sun. We're not going to have to have a greenhouse or growing lights outside, and we are relinquishing some of that. So seeking that balance point of when you absolutely need to find ways to be in more control of an environment because the outcome has a very narrow margin versus times when there's a little more latitude to be flexible with that. Looking at control, right, still along that idea of power to influence and looking at a means of limiting or regulating something. And we can look at laws and rules, right? Those are mechanisms of control and we decide whether we are adhering to them and you might think, no, right? We have to, if there's a law, we must abide by it. We know there are still choices to be made. There are consequences if we don't follow those choices. And we can also take that a step beyond and notice that the consequences do differ for different people. We can see that one law can exist and the application, the enforcement of it can vary based on the demographics of the person who is committing that crime, who is committing that discretion or indiscretion, if you will, and who is deciding what that looks like. And are we offering a fair opportunity to be evaluated in that space? So if there is something in place to create an element of control, ideally for the greater good of the community, for the safety of all, how is it being wielded? Who has the power to enforce that mechanism of control? And is it being appropriately levied? Today is the 25th of March, 2021. And it is one year since George Floyd's murder. And thinking about how control was wielded in that moment, in those many moments, in those eight minutes, and in every minute since that time, how have we viewed and experienced control? And as we are in this one-year space and encouraged to reflect upon what has happened, what is happening, what we have stated that we will do as allies in this space, as advocates, as an anti-racist active nation, how are we actually wielding our power and are we taking responsibility for those things we truly can control? Our own behaviors, the way in which we spend our money, the way that we speak out, the organizations with whom we align ourselves, are we actually stepping into that space of control in the way that we said that we would? And there are articles that are coming out in this anniversary space that would say that no, we are not. All that was pledged by individuals, by institutions, by organizations, by businesses is not coming to fruition. And recognizing that there are spaces in there that we can actually wield our control, wield our power more responsibly, be honest about that which we can actually do ourselves and follow through on that. This is also an opportunity to notice when you do have higher levels of control, whether it's a position of authority, position of being in the majority, how are you wielding that power? And are you able to leverage that for the greater good, for others who may not have that direct privilege 
And seeing in this moment, how am I practicing control responsibly here? Let's take a pause and a pivot and a shift and look at a different version of control, one that comes up a lot in recent times, looking at experiments and gathering data information. And that is the definition that a control is a group or individual used as a standard of comparison for checking the results of a survey or experiment. I mean, think about that. In any scientific study, we have the control so that we can assess what are the outcomes when there is no intervention, what is the baseline impact, and what happens when we apply an intervention. What is the difference to show whether or not that intervention is useful, maybe it's detrimental, and we look at what those outcomes are. And noticing when we are in the control group, when we in our lives are in an unchanged state. We're going about our daily routine. We're having our usual food and interactions and thinking about this year, right? The year in the pandemic and what things were the same and what things shifted. You might think if it seems like nothing was the same. There are so many variables. How do we even know what was helpful, what was not helpful? But it's an opportunity to notice and think about any time in our lives when we are trying something new What is the control factor there? And looking at how we do introduce multiple variables. So I am one who loves a challenge. Give me a 30-day, a 90-day challenge, and frame it out. Let's go. It has an element of competition, generally against oneself or against the clock, against the calendar, whatever that might be. And ideally, we're opting into one challenge at a time, changing one thing at a time, so that there are elements of control in our lives. Your sleep state is the same and your activity level is the same, but you're shifting the food. Or your sleep is the same and your food is the same, or you're shifting your activity level. So you have elements of control in your life so that you can notice what the impact of a certain intervention or change or introduced variable might be. So I ask you to take a moment and reflect on any recent shifts that you've had in your life and whether or not you were able to maintain an element of control within that, where there was some sense of stability and gave you that platform to be able to say what was the outcome of this intervention. Now let's shift for a moment and look at control as a verb. And the first definition states to determine the behavior or supervise the running of. So someone who is hired to control a component of a company. Perhaps you're the finance officer or you're the marketing strategist. Seeing there where you are assigned the act of control. And in this, you are maintaining influence or authority over others. And you're limiting the level, intensity, or numbers of another. Those are examples within that definition. And seeing there what that is like to be tasked with, right, direct authority over. And if you've been in that position of, we would say leadership, right, directorship, how have you handled that? What has been successful for you? How have you effectively managed others? Or we can look at, the counterpoint and say, what challenges have arisen when you have been assigned to a position of authority and perhaps struggled with it? 
had a hard time engaging others, having them see your vision and follow through on the vision and take up the tasks to which you assigned them. And what are some characteristics that can help you in that space? Noticing that this can be very direct. You can have that leadership role and title, or it can simply be leadership by way of interaction with another. We can oftentimes find ourselves in that space of assumed leadership, incidental leadership. Many times I've interacted with colleagues who weren't at a committee meeting and in their absence, they were nominated and elected to a position of leadership and found themselves somewhat haphazardly perhaps in those roles or in our community. If you're a parent, you're a leader in your family. Oftentimes you might be looked to by your neighbors, by your school community at work, simply by the way you show up as a leader and noticing how you can engage with control in an effective way in that environment. And encouraging others to notice their capacity for power through appropriate responsibility for the things they can control can be a beautiful way to engage in your own leadership role. And rather than having to hand over hand, or we might say micromanage, the work that others are doing, giving them the space to recognize what's being asked of them, have clarity on expectations, have direct access to feedback to know whether or not they are meeting the expectation that is held for them, to give them opportunity to say whether they have the skills, the supplies, the support that they need in order to be successful, to create a safe space for them to ask for help and to note when they might be struggling, when they might have been tasked with too much or perhaps an inappropriate timeline for the amount that's been assigned to them. So how can you open these spaces of conversation so that control is elevating, so that control is spacious and encouraging, so that control is a platform for success and that in that position of control, you are creating space for everyone to be in their place of strength. We can look at the verb control back to that experiment example and looking at taking into account an extraneous factor that might affect results when performing an experiment. And so that's taking up the responsibility to impose a control, right? to control those factors, like we talked about in the example in our lives, to control two of three elements and change one so that you can notice more clearly the direct impact. Now let's look at how we feel about the word control, the experience of control, and what comes up for you in that space. So I'll share with you my initial response. Control feels stifling, feels oppressive. It feels aggressive in a way I think about someone else coming in and controlling me. That's the initial response I have to that word. Then I think about self-control and I think about, like I shared at the opening, the many times I might say to my children, you're out of control, get control of yourself. And thinking about the lack of helpfulness in that phrasing as I look at 
the assigned role of leader. In all the strategies we just talked about here, it's clear that there are opportunities to wield control in the role of a leader as a parent in that space to be able to stop and think about the ways in which I communicate their capacity for control to inquire, right, to be more curious about it rather than directive or demanding and find out what might the challenges be if it seems that they are out of control and that there could be a greater capacity for them to be in control, what might the gap be there? And of course, there are moments when it's immediate, when safety is on the line and we must be much more direct and abrupt. But oftentimes there is space for a conversation or certainly retroactively a reflection so that in the future, there's a greater space for control. Now, if I take a pause and put a little space between it, I can also see control as relieving, to think about being in control of things. Like we talked about the garden example. When there is space and structure and a plan, that is control. And there can be peace and ease in that. Saying, I know the plan here. I know what to expect. We have a strategy. We anticipate these different variables and we're going to handle them effectively. So that arises as an opportunity from control. I think about control in that steadiness. If we think about the variable factor and how we engage with different experiments and that control gives us this stable platform from which we can introduce new options and get creative and have meaningful feedback from a situation. I think about control as a means of narrowing focus. And I really do love that power was in the original definition that we reviewed, although perhaps not in the way that it was stated there. That one was talking about influencing others. And I really spent a lot of time reviewing control as a method of gaining clarity on what elements should actually concern ourselves with and that we truly do have the autonomy and the agency to be in charge of. And this is a space where so much relief is gained, where ease is found, where distress is lessened, where disappointment is released, where frustration is removed. When we stop and say, what can I actually control here? And just like the garden example, there are often many factors. The challenge is when even when there are those many factors and we are doing our best with all of them, we are still assuming responsibility for things we actually cannot control. And that might be the weather, right? So we can't control what the temperature gets to each night and each day, but we can control many factors that can create a buffer, a margin, so that extremes of temperature don't have as hazardous of an impact. But lamenting what the actual temperature is, isn't helpful. And wishing it away isn't helpful. Or feeling badly because it got there isn't helpful because we cannot control those factors. Think about in the clinical space. There are many elements as physicians that we can control how we show up, our preparation, our learning, 
our collegiality, our presence with the patients, our awareness of the different electronic medical records and how to utilize them effectively. And there are many factors that we cannot. How the patient shows up, the timing, the reimbursement rules from the insurance company, changing guidelines. We can't control all of those, but we can find that space within them to create a margin that reduces the level of impact that those variables shifting can cause. The challenges arise when we are assigned responsibility for elements that we actually absolutely cannot control. What happens in that space is that power is eliminated because when you are made responsible for a result or for an element that is actually beyond your control, you have no power in that space, but you are wishing, grasping, hoping, struggling, striving, maybe strifing to make it happen. And sometimes it works, right? Sometimes the cards all fall in your favor and you can make it through. Sometimes it doesn't. And then you are left with this sense of personal failure because something didn't come to fruition and you actually had no capacity to directly influence it. And that is the space where control has so much to offer. And so taking the time to look at a situation where perhaps you aren't in the space where you'd like to be, you haven't yet achieved a result, things aren't quite going to plan. And we've had examples just in this podcast of very significant things that aren't going to plan. The impact of anti-racism work is not having the direct outcomes that we expected, anticipated, hoped for. And there have been some shifts, but not to the degree that was proposed last year. And so the opportunity arises to say, okay, what of this can I actually control? How am I showing up? And where can I exert my influence, put my control toward the encouragement of behavior with others? That might be through voting, through investments, through the way in which we participate in the capitalist society in which we live to exert that influence, to have conversations and to create a margin. And some of us have much more luxury and space to not be directly impacted immediately by the delay in outcome, but to create margins so that those things that we cannot control have less of a direct impact. And that might mean creating better advocacy where we are, asking for the support that we need, getting clearer on relationships and appropriate alignment with others so that we do have resources and support we need to be successful. And so there are many ways that we can exert control and remembering to not assume responsibility for the things that we actually cannot control is a key component in there. And that's not to say just give up on them, right? And to just let it be, to be resigned, to surrender to all that's happening around us. But there's a difference when we recognize that we aren't directly responsible for something that gives us freedom to get creative and find ways that we can make a meaningful contribution. And actually, many times we do more from that space because we are not struggling against what feels futile, 
what feels so daunting because we see this huge task in front of us and think, I can't make any influence there. But here's this one stone I can take away, right? And then I can move aside and that mountain is just that little bit smaller. And then I'm gonna find another thing that I can control and take another pebble away. And if we all do that, if we all move into that space of what we can actually control, we will remove those obstacles together. And it does take a cooperative and collective effort. And you might think, oh man, I'm not responsible and I can't control anyone else. And that feels really dangerous, right? To leave that up to others. Yes, and, right? It is requiring us to engage, but the more we stay in that sphere of direct influence ourselves, we are offering that clarity to others and encouraging them to do the same. And with that, all of our power is rising together. And so as we think about control heading into this next week, I challenge you to examine places in your life when you are seeking to exert control over that which you actually cannot and not to use it as a place of giving up, but instead to say, wait, what am I seeking? What is the result that I'm seeking here? And what am I assuming responsibility for? Which of those factors can I actually control? Honestly, actually control. And you might actually bring some into the circle and say, ooh, I could actually control that. And I haven't really been putting my focus there. So bring those in, right? Welcome those in to the fold of what you're doing. Which ones can I not directly control? Put them into a different sphere. We're not going to walk away from them entirely, but we're going to take them out of that direct locus of our focus so that we can put the energy on the things we can actually control, increasing our power, and then actually giving us space, latitude, creativity to find solutions toward those things that are not in our direct sphere of influence. We can create awareness for others who can control those factors, have conversations around it. We can look at ways where we can perhaps take an indirect shot. I just had the visual of a pool table. And sometimes you can sink the ball by not hitting the ball directly, but you have to hit another or come from an angle. And then you can have an influence and that ball can go into the pocket. So it might not be that you abandon it entirely, but you get more creative and you start controlling those things that you actually can. And in so doing, you have a ripple, a domino effect toward those things that you can't directly control. You can have an element of influence on them. And then just take a moment and notice your energy around the idea of control, whether that be that original oppressive constrictive sense that came up for me, whether you can open up to the ease of it because it gives you structure for optimal function. Notice whether there's an element of feeling controlling, of being controlled, of acting as the controller, of wielding the controller as in a video game, and start to open up the spaces where you can be in charge of your life in a way that reunites power with responsibility and demonstrates that you can have that influence that you seek and release the frustration around those things you cannot change, but not in a way that gives up on them, but actually increases your creativity and engagement 
with others to have success in that space. So as we head into the week, I encourage you to examine control in new ways and welcome you to share back with me what comes up. You can find me at The Sociopathic Life on Instagram and on Facebook. And if you'd like to get on the Living Conceivable daily email list, you'll have inspiration to your inbox each and every day with an equation. And through that, you can have control over the outcomes, over the feelings, over the influence you have in your own life each and every day. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.